It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M I N. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Thursday, November 19th. As we look to recap, UFC Fight Night Felder versus Dos Anjos, which took place on Saturday, November 14th at the UFC Apex facility in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, good to be back with you guys. I know it's a little bit late here. We're going to cram out two shows in one here because right after this, we're going to be doing the preview show. Um... Yeah, not exactly the most ideal way to do it. Not exactly super topical that we're doing a, a recap show on Thursday, but, you know, better late than never. Better late than never. We got to keep the streak going. So, uh, yeah, we're here and, you know, it'll be a rather short one because uh, not exactly uh, very topical. But, um, you know, listen, we'll be we'll be we'll be more on top of our shows here over the next couple of weeks, given uh our wonderful governor, uh, Tim Walls, and all of the stellar moves he's making that I 100% agree with. So uh, we'll be uh, we'll be doing a lot of shows here um, over the next couple of weeks, and uh, hopefully we'll keep that trend uh, going on. Let's take a sip of my coffee here. And um, yeah, because it's a recap show, um, I guess we have some recap housekeeping to get to. So um, feels like it was years ago because it's Thursday, but uh, uh, Reagan Hooverman pulled off the upset. He uh, defeated me in the main card showdown. He is now the uh, champion of the world. And, um, well, I'm not going to talk about the future of the main card showdown. Obviously, everybody knows that the main card showdown November World Grand Prix starts next week. Um, I'll talk more about it on the uh, preview show for uh, 256. But, uh, yeah, Reagan... Reagan won. Props to him. That's his first victory. Um, we've completely revamped the uh, the main card showdown section of the website. So, I mean, we have profiles for each competitor. You know, I'm trying to do a really good job at uh, documenting everything that's going on um, with the main card showdown. Just because if I, if I try to go, it's so much easier to keep stats as it goes on as opposed to going back and reviewing and and you know trying to keep stats from, you know, 25 main card showdowns uh, that, that happened, you know, over the last four months. Um, so we're going to try to, like, get really, really anal with our stat keeping just because it's such a fucking pain in the ass to go back and try to redo it. Because um, I had to do that because we added knockouts. So me and me and Drew agreed to, agreed to add knockouts, like, probably like a month and a half ago, but we just never really kept track of it just because... I don't know, we just never kept track of it. Uh, but we agreed to do knockouts, so I went back and I tried to like figure out uh, if a knockout happened, um, when a knockout happened, um, and a, a knockout in the main card showdown is just you clinched victory before the final round. So there's no final round knockouts because that would just be a decision. But, you know, say if you if you make it mathematically impossible for your opponent to win... Uh, and you're in the third round of a five-round main card, then we'll, we'll call that a knockout. Um, doesn't make a whole lot of sense because we still keep track of the overall score. But again, this is just a fucking game for fun. So it's 
you know, it doesn't exactly make sense, but, you know, we throw it in there. But I went back and tried to figure it out, and that's a pain in the fucking ass because you have to go back and, like, oh, remember that fucking <laughs> that fight card from August fucking 2nd? We have to go back and, oh, I won by four, but now I got to go back and figure out what round was he mathematically not possible to win in, and, oh, just a pain. But now that we keep track of it, you know, as it goes on, it's going to be so much simpler. So much simpler. Um, as I just saw, probably the dumbest fucking piece of news I've ever fucking heard. Gordon Hayward declines a $34 million free agent option to go into free agency. Uh, that is fucking insane. I give the mailman stamp of fucking approval that he will not get $34 million in free agency. Nobody's paying Gordon Hayward that type of money. That is one of the dumbest things I've heard probably all week. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um... Yeah, hopefully we'll get Reagan Hooverman, sidebar here, hopefully we'll get him on the show tomorrow uh, to discuss the NBA draft, the Vikings, the Twins, the Packers, I don't know, something, something to talk about. It's been a while since he's been on the show, but uh, yeah, he, he is the champ and, uh, you know, went back and, you know, we added, uh, like I said, we added knockouts, we added uh, a tab for um, the Grand Prix, although there's only been one. Um, and we're going to do it Olympic style because obviously we had the gold, silver, and bronze. Um, and I'm also we're also doing a point system for that specific event. So a gold is three points, silver is two points, bronze is one point. And, you know, if you lose the, the consolation round, then, you know, go fuck yourself. You, you don't get anything. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's cool. We, we totally revamped it. So uh, go check that out. Um... Let's see here. Yeah, so getting getting right back here to this uh, uh, truncated, much like everything in 2020, a trunc- truncated recap here of uh, UFC Fight Night Felder versus Dos Anjos. Um, so obviously in the uh, in the main event, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos defeats Paul Felder uh, via split decision, which is fucking wild. That is crazy. Even Paul Felder's reaction was hilarious because even he was like, what the fuck? Um, definitely not a split decision, guys. I, I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to be that guy who's like, oh, fucking fire that judge because of one wrong decision. You know, hopefully they can learn. Um, but yeah, Jesus Christ, that is, that was not, that was not a split decision. Not even close to a split decision. I mean, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, Paulie, Paulie Redstash from Philly put up a good fight, you know, to be honest, it's not really any, there's there's not really any shine off of Paul Felder's back, um, just because it was on six days notice. You know, you, like I said on the preview show, you have a built-in excuse that you, it was six, day, six days notice. Not that Paul Felder would ever use that excuse because he's a stand-up guy, and you know, not that you want to take a fight knowing you have a fucking built-in excuse, but it is a real thing. Yeah, he was training for a, a triathlon or whatever, but. Uh, he sure as hell wasn't training for a, uh, a main event against a former world champion, a guy who, outside of John Jones, over the last seven years we went over it, has one of the toughest schedules um, in UFC history. I mean, yeah, he's lost a lot of fights recently. He's also won a lot. But, like, dude, the, the, amount, of, the amount of tough top five fighters he's fought in the last seven years is fucking ridiculous. Like, what was it? Like, Benson Henderson, uh, Cowboy Cerrone... Uh, Leon Edwards, uh, Michael Chiesa, Kevin Lee. I mean, he just, there's never an easy fight for Rafael dos Anjos. So, um, you know, 
At the same time, it's a built-in excuse for Paul Felder, but you don't want to take anything away from Rafael dos Anjos because like he said on the post-fight show, and this is a real thing and a lot, you know, everybody's going to talk about Paul Felder coming in on short notice, but what a lot of people are not going to talk about is hey, that's still really hard for RDA. You know, because he was he was training for a wrestler, like he said, he was in Brazil for a few months training for a wrestler and then oh, here comes an elite. Well, elite might be strong, but here comes a really good kickboxer. And RDA he kind of looked like Khabib out there. I mean, I hate to use the highest level example, but, you know, he took him down at will. Uh, it was a very smart game plan from RDA. And, of course, he was training to be in that fight for a while, but against a different opponent. So it's still difficult, still way more difficult for Paul Felder, but it's not a cakewalk for RDA to to have a, a, a brand new stylistic challenge be presented to you at the end of your training camp, or I guess training camp's over at that point, but, you know, six days before, that's, you know, that's insane. Um, so we do have updated rankings, and like I said, it's not really, there's not really too much shine off of Paul Felder's back, and, and luckily for him, there's a very big gap between uh, 1 through 7 and then 8 through 15, so, um, Jesus Christ, I sounded really Minnesotan there. Um, so, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, um, he, he, we vacate him from the, the welterweight division um, just because I don't want to have two fighters ranked in different divisions. Um, I think you should just be ranked in whatever division you fought in uh, most recently. So, he, so very quickly, he leaves the welterweight division, so um, everybody below him uh, moves up a spot. So that would be uh, Nate Diaz, Vincente Luque, Neil Magny, Jeff Neal, Bilal Muhammad, Muslim Salikov. And then uh, we move Anthony Pettis from unranked to 15. And uh, lightweight, like I said, Paul Felder was in a very good position in the rankings. He only drops one spot, so he drops from 7 to 8. And uh, RDA moves up to 7. And then everybody below Paul Felder obviously moves down a spot as well. So that would be um, Al Iaquinta moves down to 9, Kevin Lee to 10, so on and so forth. Uh, Diego Fajeda. Gregor Gillespie, Islam Makachev, uh, Benil Dariush, and Drew Dober at 15. Um, previously, number 15 had been Leonardo Santos. Sorry, buddy. We move him down to uh, to unranked. You know, not his fault. You know, but this this is what happens when you shake up divisions. You know, sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's not. But, uh, you know, RDA, RDA's in a, he's in a good spot now. Um, you know, I heard him calling out McGregor. Definitely not going to get that fight. Obviously, uh, today it broke that uh, officially... He is assigned to fight uh, Dustin Poirier. Even if he loses to Poirier, I don't think he gets RDA. But, you know, RDA is in a good spot. I mean, he's, he's probably only a couple of fights away from a championship. You know, the UFC really, really respects RDA. Uh, he's been in a fucking boatload of, of main events. Even on losing streaks, he's been in a, in a boatload of main events. Uh, he's a company guy. And, um, you know, listen. Dan Hooker sitting there at number six. That would make a lot of sense. I think that'd be a, a good fight. Dan Hooker, um, dangerous guy, tall guy, great elbows, great knees, good power, obviously really good striking. And, uh, you know, it, it's still looking down in the rankings for Dan Hooker, but only one spot. And listen, if you're Dan Hooker, you're not going to fight a Tony Ferguson. Or, you know, you can freezing cold take me if it happens, but I, I don't anticipate them pushing Dan Hooker. So that would be a really interesting fight because it is a former champ, and Dan Hooker's not really a well-known guy, you know what I mean? He's not the most marketable guy in the world, not that that's his fault, and perhaps he, he could become marketable 
you know, in, in the very near future. But I'm just saying, you know, not a guy who's historically been towards the top of the ranking. So you can beat a former champ in RDA. Um, you know, that's a resume moment and uh, it probably would be a main event if not a co-main event, maybe on a pay-per-view or, or something, and, um, you know, build your name off of uh, RDA, a very respectable guy. Um, Charles Oliveira would make sense, although he's been on such a fucking tear. I would just, honestly, I'd, I'd have him face, like, Tony Ferguson or something, or I'd have I'd have him fight somebody really high. I, I, I'm really intrigued by Oliveira. I don't think RDA is necessarily the answer, but it might be the answer just because, yeah. So many big names at the top of the lightweight division that, you know, not, not a lot of them are going to risk fighting a very dangerous game, young opponent um, who could choke the living shit out of you. And, uh, you know, not a lot of incentive to do that, although, you know, money's a hell of a motivator. Uh, and for, for Paul Felder, I don't I don't know what's next. Kevin Lee, I, I, I don't know. I, I really like his attitude, though. He had a great attitude and, and uh, you know, listen, you can't win all your fights. So having a great attitude, you know, certainly counts for something. All right, moving on here to the co-main event. Uh, we had a 30-second knockout by Chaos Williams on Abdul Razak Alhassan. Um, yeah, that is fucking vicious. That is brutal. That is brutal. You could, you could, it's not even possible to have two greater fights to start your UFC career than Chaos Williams. I mean, what was it, 27 seconds in his first fight? Yeah, 27 seconds knocking out Alex Morono, 30 seconds against uh, Abdul Razak Alhassan. And I was thinking, like, when he was going to the octagon and he was doing that mean mug, like, okay, that's kind of cheesy, like, you know, that, that severe mean mug. And it's like, okay, well, if you do that, you better fucking win this fight. You're going to look like a real dickhead if you don't win. And uh, <laughs> didn't have to worry about that because he fucking... Uh, brutalized Al Hassan, and Al Hassan was knocked out for like fucking, uh, I don't know, like five or six minutes. Like they had to fill so much time, just being like, well, I don't know. You can see Al Hassan; he's still fucking in another universe in the background. So he fucking murdered him, man. He fucking killed him. And Al Hassan—that's what Al Hassan does to guys. So that's the that's the the crazier part. Is it's not like you knocked out Damian Maya or something. And no disrespect to Damian Maya, but obviously not a not known as a striker. But like, no, you you knocked out a knockout artist. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, ah, oh, that's doubly impressive. That's doubly impressive, and uh, unfortunate. Unfortunate. Obviously, I got nothing against Chaos Williams. In fact, you know, I like guys who act like him. You know, who act like um, um, I don't know what's the word. It, extremely confident, you know what I mean, flashy, you know, I, I think the sport needs guys like that, especially in the entertainment era, um, but fuck, I was rooting for ARA, because, you know, homeboys from, uh, well, I think he was born in uh, Ghana, um, hope I'm getting that right, uh, he was born in Africa, but he's from Minneapolis, Minnesota, so I was like, well, I gotta root for this guy, and uh, yeah, man, he uh, he got knocked the fuck out, so... That's uh, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Although you know, listen, karma giveth and it taketh, because yeah, okay, a Minnesota fighter got knocked out, but if you look at the NBA draft, four Minnesotans got drafted, which is fucking insane. Like it would make sense if four New Yorkers got drafted, you know, because Hoop Central and shit like that, and you know they got like thirty million people in that metropolitan area, but like. 
the the this well not small but like you know the there's like four million people who live in Minnesota. It's an international draft. You know, people getting drafted from Argentina and 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 stuff like that. And four Minnesotans got drafted out of 60 spots. Like, that's pretty dis- disproportionate, you know what I mean? We're lucky if we have one Minnesotan drafted, you know what I mean? We were losing our shit when Tyus Jones got drafted, but, you know, we had four this time. Albeit, you know, I think like three of them were in the second round, but you know what I mean? You you, you, you take what you can get. Shout out to um, Zeke Naji and Trey Jones and, um, oh, fuck, I forget the other two. Uh... Guy's got that weird name, TT or whatever, is his initials. Uh, whatever, irrelevant. But uh, you know, things are looking good for Minnesota. You know what I mean? They're looking good. They're looking up. Uh, neither here nor there. Um, moving on here, still on the main card. Ashley Yoder wins a unanimous decision over Miranda Granger. Have nothing to say about that fight. Surprised me. Granger was the betting favorite. Absolutely boring fight. Moving on. Uh, Sean Strickland knocks out Brendan Allen uh, in the second round. That surprised the fucking piss out of me. That was insane. Um, like I said, I'm still high on Brendan Allen. I'm not going to abandon ship just because he got knocked out early in his career. But that surprised the fuck out of me. I, I, I'm, I'm very high on Brendan Allen. But, you know, listen, I think we all forgot about Sean Strickland. And I, I know I definitely did. Um, you know, this, this was a guy who... I was like 19 and three. Had the car crash. Was out for like two years. Comes back, beats Jack Marshman. Unanimous decision. Doesn't even knock him out, but you know, taunting him and shit. And then comes back, uh, two fight cards later, knocks out Brendan Allen. That's impressive. That's impressive. He's got good striking. He's got he's got uh, you know powerful punches, um, and he's got all the momentum in the world right now. And unfortunately, um, we we do not have him ranked. So, Brendan Allen was ranked at number 15. Um, ordinarily, if you beat the number 15 guy, we'll, we'll rank you at 15. I just didn't feel like it was right. So, we moved Brad Tavares uh, back from unranked to 15. And then, obviously, Allen uh, to, um, to unrank. Uh, but, yeah, that, that, surpri- that surprised me because that probably would have been my lock of the week, to be honest with you. Um, but, thankfully, we kind of temporarily retired the lock of the week or I guess just neglected it we'll bring it back today though we will oh coffee's so good um moving on here on the main card Corey McKenna wins a unanimous decision over Kay Hansen um I'm gonna pull up MMA decisions here because I want to see let's (laughs) let's see what the fans think about this one because I don't know I was a little bit surprised it was a close fight no doubt um, I could have swore Kay Hansen won that fight. I, I, I don't think Corey McKenna won it. So Derek Cleary had it 29-28, McKenna. D'Amato, okay, so everybody had it 29-28. Um, but there was, oh, no discrepancy on the rounds. That's crazy. That's that's insane. So they had Kay Hansen winning the third round. Um, I think she did win the third round, but didn't she have, she had like four minutes of like control time and like either round one or round two I'm trying to remember but that's crazy so we look at the um excuse me we look at the media scores uh there's probably like 20 media scores on here two of them have it 29 28 for McKenna uh three of them have it 30 27 for Hanson and then the rest so like I don't know like 12 have it for Kay Hanson 29 28 which is, I think is fair. I think it was 29-28, but that's insane. And not to be, 
not to be a sore loser here, but this is the reason why I lost to uh, Reagan Hooverman, because I had Kay Hansen by decision. He had McKenna by decision. So if I win, so so it's it's a fucking three-point swing either way. And I, you know, didn't swing my way. I would have beat up on Reagan Hooverman if, if this would have been scored correctly. I would have beat him by like fucking six points. Uh, I almost came back and beat him. Uh, but yeah, that, mm, controversial to say the least, controversial to say the least, but I mean, rest assured, I will knock out Reagan Hooverman in the main card showdown this Saturday. It's, I'm going for the, I'm going for the quickest knockout in main card showdown history, uh, which I think is three rounds. I'm going to knock him out in two. I'm going to knock him out in two. I'm going to flatline him. Um, but yeah, Man, this fight was so frustrating. And it was a good fight. Uh, but but at least the silver lining here is uh, these guys are, well, these girls are so young in the UFC that th- this is just setting up for a rematch four years down the line for a main event on, on a fight night. You know what I mean? Um, I think they're both very talented. That's why they're here at such a, a young age. So, you know, I, I totally could be wrong. But I don't really see either of those two fizzling out. I think they'll, they'll be relevant for years to come. And, you know, I think this is just the beginning of a storyline between these two fighters. And hopefully the next time they fight, the correct fighter wins. Because fucking Lord knows the correct fighter did not win this time. Um, moving on here to the main card. Actually, no, the prelim headliner. Uh, Kanako Murata defeats Random Marcos. Uh, by unanimous decision, she advances to 12 and one. Marcos falls to 10 and 10, which is uh, not a very good record. Not a very good record. Um, but like I was saying, how the rankings giveth and they taketh. Um, we we had so many fighters vacate from 155 to 125, like um, Jessica Andrade, Cynthia Calvillo. Um, which other one went up? Uh, Amanda Hibas. That. It leaves a vacuum at 115. So we did have Random Marcos ranked at 15 heading into this fight. Certainly, certainly not because she deserved to be ranked at 15, but just because three three ranked fighters in the last, you know, four months have moved up to 125. So uh, Kanako Murata defeats Random Marcos. Makes sense that she would be the number 15 strawweight. So, you know, that's good for her. Um, obviously, uh, uh Japanese female Japanese prospects have not really worked out in the UFC. Uh, you can you can, go, you can even go back to like a Rin Nakai, who was like 16 0 and one and came to the UFC, and I think she lost her two fights. Um, but you know maybe this maybe this fighter's for real, and uh, I mean shit, you're already in the rankings on on uh, you know the the minute after your first fight, so you know successful debut for uh, Murata. Uh, moving on, we had a split decision for Tony Gravely over Geraldo De Freitas. Didn't really watch this one. Good for Tony Gravely. Uh, also on the prelims, we had a uh, unanimous decision victory for Alex Morono over Reese McKee. Uh, a very impressive victory by Alex Morono. His striking was was off the charts. Um, what what really stood out to me as well was his ability to find range. I mean. It was a stand-up affair. Don't get me wrong. Uh, although I think he he did attempt some takedowns, 
Um, but just whether it's at the maximum range or whether it's it's in close, I mean, his ability just to find the target was impressive. I, he landed like 100 strikes in round one or something fucking crazy. Or maybe he threw 100 and landed like 70 or something. But it was fucking insane. It was insane that Reese McKee withstood that beating. He took a lot of fucking punches. Of course, it helped that, you know, the mouth guard got caught underneath the fucking cage and we had like an 11-minute break in between the fight, which was hilarious. You know, that's some Bellator type shit that I love. But I but I, I love it because, just you know, funny, funny shit happens. Like, you know, there's human error. You know what I mean? Like, what was it? Uh, I think it was Alir Latifi, I want to say, who... Um, Oh, fuck. It was either Ilir Latifi or it was uh, Bl- Blagoy Ivanov, who their first fight ever was a no contest because the cage just fucking fell apart and broke. And it's like, how the fuck is that my fault? I step into a fucking cage that you people built and, and it breaks and now I have a fucking blemish on my record. But you know, MMA is fucking weird. You know, weird shit happens. So I- I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But very impressive for Alec Morono. I have no idea where that puts him in the division. Certainly not anywhere near being ranked, but uh, it was a very, very solid performance. Especially after he got knocked the fuck out by um, Chaos Williams uh, back in uh, his hometown. Um, and then moving on here, on the uh, prelim opener, we had a unanimous decision victory for Dontel Mays over uh, Roque Martinez, Rocky Martinez. Doesn't matter because he's completely irrelevant. Uh, falls to 15-7. and seven. I did not see this fight because I was confused on the start times. They, I, I saw a start time that was incorrect. Um, yeah, so it started an, an hour earlier than I thought, so I did not get to see the, uh, the Mays and Martinez fight. Um, apparently, by all accounts, it was a dominant victory for Dante Almeida. Good for him. Uh, I mean, that guy is a specimen, so, you know, a guy to watch at, at heavyweight, you know, still trying to figure things out, you know, on a two-fight losing streak. I mean, you see all these guys getting cut, especially, like, the last couple of days. Yeah, if you lose to Martinez, you're definitely getting shipped back to um, Victory FC or wherever the fuck you were fighting before this. Um, and uh, I'm really tired of seeing guys like Roque Martinez in in the UFC. I'm really tired of seeing guys who have cup sizes that are bigger than the fucking ring girls. Okay, you're you you trained your entire life to be a fighter. Good good for you. I, I'm not trying to diminish it. I'm not I'm not trying to body shame. But it, dude, if you have D cups, we can't allow you in the UFC. <laughs> we just can't. We just can't. Surely there are better heavyweights out there that we could sign than Roque Martinez. That guy's stomach looks like a curtain. It looks like a curtain. Like, uh, I, I think we are going the direction of having more heavyweight fighters look like um, Cyril Gaon, like look like actual fighters. But like. Dude, like, you have 70 pounds of fat on you. Like, you would be a middleweight. Roque Martinez, if he mixed in a salad, would be a middleweight. But, like, okay. Like, have fun being a 500 fighter who flames out in the UFC. Like, that's not helping you. I, I promise you, no amount of fat... Well, you know, nobody can be 0% body fat. But, you know, having, having uh, you know, drapes for a stomach is is not going to help you at all so man i i just don't get it uh, i i don't even care if it i don't even care if it was roy nelson like we're just not no we don't want to portray this image like we're not having people we're not having people who who you know 
are five foot 11, 265 pounds of just pure fat fighting the UFC. I'm sorry. And obviously, shocker, shocker, he lost to a guy who at least remotely cares about his diet and Dontel Mays because hey, he's pretty shredded for heavyweight. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah, whatever, man. They can keep trying. God bless. All right, so with that, uh, we've completed our recap, so I'm going to take a short break, and uh, we'll come back, and we'll do the preview show for uh, UFC 256. So once again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M-I-N, Owen the Mailman, at Owen the Mailman. Um, be sure to check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. We got tons of... Uh, cool stuff on there like i said we revamped the main card showdown of course we have rankings updated uh, every single week uh yeah just a lot of fun stuff so thanks for tuning in everybody